for our guests this morning to let you know we are in the midst of a sermon series that is titled, And God Smiled. We are trying to reimagine the images that we carry of God. Instead of God as a distant person or God as angry, that we want to see God as one who smiles in our life, enjoys what is going on in each one of our lives. We talked about this from the framework of God smiling at a wedding in Cana of Galilee. We thought about it as Jesus smiles at new life when he raises the widow's son from death. This week we think about Jesus who smiles at devotion and what that means for God to smile upon our devotion to his son. I think the fullest expression of our relationship with God can be summed up in our total devotion to God's earthly representative, Jesus. Devotion that is evident in who we are, in our words and in our deeds, how we carry ourselves in our family context and out into the world beyond. When this devotion happens, when it is apparent in our lives, it causes God to smile. How many of you have ever seen the movie Fever Pitch with Jimmy Fallon and Drew Barrymore? A few of us. You, you guys know who Drew Barrymore and Jimmy Fallon are, don't you? Right? Most of us know more Jimmy Fallon as a late night host these days. Believe it or not, he was in a couple of movies prior to ever making it big on television. This was such a well-received movie, evidently. Since you guys don't know the story, I'll tell you a little bit about it. It's an interesting kind of movie. Jimmy Fallon plays a character by the name of Ben Reitman. And Ben is a fan. To put it mildly, he is a fanatical fan of the Boston Red Sox. He lives in in Boston as his, his character. And he and his friends go to every single home game that they go to. They are there. They're important as part of the crowd to make sure that they root on their Boston Red Sox in hopes that someday they would win the World Series. Ben thinks that romance in his life is about uh, on the same par as and probably as likely as the Boston Red Sox winning the World Series, according to the movie line. So he's not really looking for romance because he's not really thinking that the Boston Red Sox are ever going to win the series. And then along comes Drew Barrymore's character, a young woman by the name of Lindsay Meeks, and they meet. And they begin to date and show interest in one another. And and they begin to share in each other's lives. He shares in the things that are going on in her world. And he takes her to the baseball games to share in his passion and his joy. But this brings tension into their relationship as well. She gets an opportunity to go to Paris. And she invites him to go along with her. And he turns her down. Because the dreaded New York Yankees are coming into town. Boston's only three and a half games out. And they need him in the stands to root them on. Sounds like a legitimate reason to turn out a trip to Paris, right? In our minds. And so this casts this tension over their relationship. But they begin to understand each other. And towards the end of the movie, they find out that Boston actually makes it into the The World Series, they're down three games to none to their rivals. And all of a sudden, Jimmy Fallon discovers that this is not the most important thing in his life. Devotion to the Boston Red Sox is not the most important thing. 
his relationship to this young woman is. And she also discovers that it's not the most important thing for him to give up everything that he's passionate about, that they could compromise and find themselves in the middle. You think about our devotion and how that plays out in our lives. I don't think any of us are thoroughly devoted to the Boston Red Sox, but you might be to the Kansas City Royals, especially after last year's run to the World Series, right? We're excited about our own home team. Maybe the Royals aren't your passion. It might be the Chiefs, Sporting KC, KU, MU, Kansas State. All of us find ourselves kind of attached and devoted to these kinds of things. But it might not be a sports team for you. It might play out in a different area of your life. You might be devoted more towards your family, your spouse. It may be a devotion to your children or a job, the career that you have, a passion maybe that carries you into the world. It might be something like social justice and equality for all people. We find ourselves attached, devoted to, giving our fullest time and attention to someone or something. Now, granted, I, I know there's a few of us skeptics out there that kind of push back towards those things. We think of devotion as an entrapment, maybe. We think of it as giving power over ourselves, letting something have power in our lives. The rational kind of cognitive argument is, is I'm not going to give myself, fully devote myself to a person because they're going to have power over my time and my attention. Or I'm not going to fully devote myself to this kind of enterprise, activity, or team because I don't want them to have that kind of power in my life. And we push back maybe against those things. I would say to the skeptic that you're devoted to pushing back against being devoted against, you know, being devoted to anything. That's kind of the, the nature of who we are. But you think about this. Is devotion something that we can escape? Or is it just part of the law of being a human, like the law of gravity is to nature? That all of us find ourselves in some way attached to giving our time and our attention, fully devoting it to someone or something. And to think of it this way as well. No matter what it is that you are devoted to, it means that you also have to deny something. To be devoted to one thing means that you have to deny something else in your life. Because there's none of us that are capable of being fully devoted, giving all of our time and attention to everything that interests us and everything that's in our lives. Some things get greater time and attention while other things get less and less. Think about your own family dynamics and how often that may play out in the conflict between the time you spent at the office in the time that you spend at home and trying to balance those two things and the devotion of them. In the storyline of today's gospel reading, we can see denial and devotion on display in the character of Judas and Mary, who is the brother of Lazarus and Martha. Judas is the picture of denial for us, someone whose devotion denies God's very presence in his life, in this character, in the form of Jesus Christ. Judas is devoted to, as the storyline says, greed, money. Judas is the keeper of the common purse. The sidebar note that John puts in here 
is the notice that Judas is the character who steals from the common purse. It was something that evidently was known about him as a person and carried through the oral tradition and then written down by the Gospel writer. We also know that Judas portrays Jesus for 30 pieces of silver. And in this moment, Judas does not does not recognize this simple activity of love. He thinks of this perfume as an expensive item that could have been sold and the 300 denarii pocketed, put into the purse of the disciples and for him to be able maybe to pilfer parts of it. Judas is one who's devoted to the attachment of greed and money. What it could do and buy and give him. Mary, the the antithesis in this story, Mary is the one that takes this expensive perfume and instead of selling it and giving the proceeds to something else, she sees this opportunity to anoint the feet of Jesus. She is the picture of the one who is fully devoted to the Master. She sits at His feet and learns of His teaching. She listens to what He has to say. She is one who participates in His ministry through this act of anointing Him and preparing Him for His burial. She recognizes Jesus as the Messiah through this act of devotion. And in that moment, God smiles. How easy is it for us to judge these two characters? To judge Judas and to think of him and to vilify him as a demonic character in this story, an evil person in this story, without truly even knowing his own motivation, how easy is it for us to judge him? How easy is it for us to judge Mary and and say that she's a heroine and a saint in this story for her loving and devoted act? And yet we should be very careful in how we judge them We should turn the judgment upon ourselves. If we were characters in this story, where would we fit? Who would we be? Both of them are characters that the the writer simply uses to tell the story, hopefully to get the audience that hears and listens in this moment to ask themselves a couple of questions. What motivates me? What motivates me to be attached to, devoted to this while denying that in my life? What is my motivation, the core root of who I am? And what is it that I now manifest my devotion into? How is that playing out in my life? And then to think, what does the Lord require of us? What does the Lord ask of each one of us? Because I continue to believe that God desires for all of us to come and to follow this Jesus of Nazareth, even today. That our lives might be influenced by His teachings. That our lives might take on the very character of Jesus and how we deal with others, especially those that are our enemies. And that the world calls us apart from this life that Jesus wants to offer us. And Jesus wants to draw us into a different devotion that plays a role in the world around us. To call ourselves and to be invited to be a living sacrifice, denying the things of the world around us so that we might take up our cross and follow Jesus and in that represent Him in our very words and in our deeds and to see God smile as we become devoted to this calling. 
Because God's desire is for all of us to be devoted to Jesus in such a way that it is evident in who we are, in our very words and in our deeds, in our interactions with one another and the world beyond. So think with me for a moment what that might look like. How would that play out in your Monday through Saturday kind of existence beyond your hour of worship together? What would it look like for you to serve the loved ones in your home, your spouse, your children, your extended family, and your friends? For you to think about sacrificing your own wants, needs, and desires in this relationship. To subordinate them in such a way that you could elevate the needs of your own family instead of your own needs as taking primary concern. To put the needs of your family first and do everything in your power to elevate them. Or think about it from the aspect of serving your community. Many of you are gifted to provide spiritual care for folks that are in our community. To take up the mantle and the opportunity to lead a class and to learn together. Or to lead a prayer group that brings a greater devotion to Christ. Some of you have the gift of mercy to care. To provide care to people that are in our community. To come alongside and help those who are in need. Others of us, our call is to serve the world, to go out beyond and to look at the world's needs, to get actively involved in the missional efforts of the church, whether it plays out in a local organization or a school or it plays out in our organized ways in which we go and serve in these mission areas. All of us in some way are invited to a new devotion to Christ. I think Pope Francis put it eloquently at the beginning of Lent when he said that it is time for the faithful to overcome the globalization of indifference. That devotion to Jesus Christ is active engagement in change. Maybe you've heard it put this way. Following Jesus Christ is not a spectator sport. Have you ever heard that? It is full-on contact. It desires and, and drives us to do things, to be used by God. It is not something we can do sitting and engaging in a way in which we are the receivers as our primary activity. So here's what I hope that that you hear today. Some things maybe to talk about one with another, learn from as we go away from this moment. All of us deny some things or someone in our lives in order to give fuller devotion and attention to something else or someone else. And while we see Judas as the one who portrays this negative devotion to to Jesus Christ, we also see Mary as the one who gives us a positive example, lifts up the potential of what it means to follow Christ in our lives. And through our devotion to Jesus we can carry the transformative work and mission of Christ into the world as it transforms our own hearts and lives. So here's your invitation today. Hear this. To sit and to think and to wrestle. What's the root of your denial or your devotion to Jesus Christ? What's at the core of who you are and what you're attached to? Because the invitation of God through Jesus Christ is to come, to be devoted to God's Son, and in Him to experience God's power to change your motivations, 
to change your attachments and in Him to participate in the change and the transformation of the world. To watch God smile. Will you join me in prayer? So God of grace and mercy, giver of life and author of all salvation, we give you thanks and praise for your Son, Jesus. We hear today your invitation to come and to follow Him, to be devoted to Him. For some of us, it's a challenge because it requires us to reprioritize our lives. Our devotion is to things of this world, our sports team, our possessions, our status, our job, our school. The list is lengthy because we are many. Many of us are distracted by these things and we may even find ourselves devoted to them. So we pray today for your forgiveness. Forgive us for worshiping our false idols. We also ask today, Lord, for the power of your Holy Spirit, that you might come and guide us, help us to hear the stories of Jesus afresh in a way that will touch our minds and our hearts, so that we might be transformed by you. Create in us a devotion to your Son, Jesus, that it may be evident through our transformation in our words and in our deeds. Lord, we desire for you to smile because we are called your faithful servants in whom you are well pleased. So we yield today to the power of your transformation, asking that you create in us your image, and ultimately hoping that in it you smile. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.